Good morning. I'm glad that you've joined us today for the preaching of the Word of God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, handy with you. If you'll open them to Philippians chapter 1, the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 1. In the last few weeks, I have noticed what I had suspected, but now it's becoming increasingly clear every single day, and that is that today we are missing the perspective of the Word of God. And that's what I'm seeing. That's what's being revealed in the last few weeks. We are missing today the perspective of the Word of God. More than that, we need the perspective of the Word of God. I have noticed, and maybe you have as well, that we are in a mess today, not for lack of perspectives. In my lands, we look around today and everybody's got a perspective. The doctor's have a perspective. The health organizations, they're holding press conferences and they've got a, a perspective. The government has a perspective. The governors of each state, they have a perspective. CNN, Fox News, Facebook, everybody has a perspective. And so it's not for a lack of perspective, but what we are missing is a biblical perspective. We very simply need to know, we need to hear, and we need to be sure of what God has said. And so I have noticed we are missing today a biblical perspective. Now, let me add to that. Sadly, also in the church, in these weeks, all the sermons that you can watch online, all the sermons that you can hear today, uh, I've heard more silly stuff said, preached, uh, out of pulpits than I could even imagine. And it seems we are even lacking a biblical perspective in our pulpits. And so we need a biblical perspective. And that's, that's the truth. We need today a biblical perspective. Well, I want to tell you the good news is we have God's word. We have God's perspective on all of these matters. And so we do have a biblical perspective. Today, and actually for the next uh, two weeks, this week and next week, uh, we're going to see the biblical perspective on death and on life. Now, it's going to be a, a short course. We could go into depth on those two subjects, but we're going to see from God's Word a biblical perspective on death and life. Now, here's the truth. You will either die or you will live, and we need to know, you need to know what God has said about both of those things. And that's the matter of fact. You're going you're gonna to either die or you're going to live, but you need to know what God has said about both of those things. Now, our verses that we're going to be based out of, we're going to look at a lot of verses in our study, but the verse that we're going to be based out of is found in Philippians chapter 1, the end of verse 20 all the way through verse 24. So again, our focal verses, Philippians chapter 1, verses 20, the end of verse 20 through verse 24. Let's, let's go to God's Word. Christ will, even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. 
Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for the truth of your word. We're thankful for the promise of your truth, a Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for a hope that endures the grave, a hope that, that prevails and endures the times we're in. And we're thankful for the truth of God's word that leads us through all of it. Lord, I pray for a biblical perspective today. I pray for the word of God to be preached today. And I pray that we will be shaped today. I pray that we will be renewed today, encouraged today. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody listening today that doesn't know you, I pray that in the hearing of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that today, this very hour, might be the hour of their salvation. Lord, we, we turn to you, we look to you, and we ask that you would speak through your word. We trust that you will. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, understand the context for our, our verse today. Paul, at this point, has been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that he, that he received. He received it, he believed it, and he's been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, he has also given his life to the preaching of that gospel. And that's what we find. He is committed to the preaching of the gospel. He is faithful to the preaching of the gospel at a cost to himself. He has had to endure. He's had to persevere. And yet, he is found faithful, committed to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, understand in our verses, he is saved by faith in Jesus Christ, he's received the gospel. He is a faithful preacher of the gospel. And now we find him, he is a prisoner for his preaching of the gospel. At the point that he writes our verses today, a Roman guard is chained to him. He has lost his free freedom. He has lost his privacy. And very real for Paul is the possibility, the potentiality for his death. And he, he understands that. That's not far from his mindset. He could live, but it's also highly probable that he could die. And so understand, it is in this context that he is considering both life and death. Now let me say right here, that's not a bad place to be. We seem to live in a day when everybody says, oh, you want to avoid that. You want to you stay away from that. You don't want to think about that. that. That includes pain and that thought process. And there's, there's sadness in that thought process. Well, I want to tell you, that's not a bad place to be considering life and death if you hold a biblical perspective. That's not a bad place to be. In fact, I would tell you it is a good place if you know what God has said concerning those two things. Well, it is there with life and death in the balance that Paul makes the statement that we're going to read today. And so here he is and the potential for death is real. He is, he is trying, he's faithful in his life to preach the gospel. And here with life and death in the balance, he makes the statement today. It is there that we will arrive at our biblical perspective both on death and life. And so again, we need a biblical perspective. It's from these verses that we're going to arrive today 
at our biblical perspective on death and life. Now, today we're going to start with the subject of death, and we're going to build a biblical perspective of death from these verses, some other verses as well. And then next week we will see the biblical perspective on life. Now, let me start off by saying today, we need this. We need this. Listen, we need to hear this. And we need to know this as as Christians. We need to embrace this. Understand, our as believers, our understanding of death is not the world's understanding of death. And sometimes we let those two things merge. Sometimes we let their understanding influence and cloud our understanding. But understand, our understanding as believers of death is not the world's understanding of death. And so, yes, we need to hear this today. We need to know this today. Today, with all that's going on in the world, we need this. Today, faced with death, we need this. Today, with the, with the virus and all of that situation, we need to know this today. Now, As we begin, notice there at the end of verse 20, it says that the goal, Paul's goal, is that Christ would be glorified either in his life or in his death. Either one. If he lives, he wants it to be for the glory of Christ. And if he dies, he wants it to be for the glory of Jesus Christ. Well, let me just tell you, that can only happen in God's perspective. It can only happen in God's perspective. Your life will only glorify Jesus Christ if it's given to the God's perspective. It's led by God's perspective. And listen, stranger than that, your death can glorify Jesus Christ if it's held to God's perspective. And so again today, we're going to look at death, a biblical perspective of death. Now for our study today, let me, let me ask you three questions. And my prayer is that at the end of our time today that you would have an answer. Now, more than that, that you would have a right answer for each of these questions. And so as we're listening today, I'm going to ask that you would tune in, that you would be attentive. And I'm going to ask you three questions today. My my prayer is that at the end of our time together today, you would have a right answer to all three of these questions. First question is this, do you understand the reality of death? Do you understand the reality of death? Now listen very carefully. The reality of death is unless Jesus comes again, and listen, he is coming again, and I believe it's going to be very soon, it could be sooner than we think, But unless Jesus comes again, the reality of death is this. You will die. Your friends will die. Your loved family members, they will die. Your neighbors on your street, they will die. Your coworkers, they will die. The reality of death is you will die. I don't know why we have a hard time with that. And somehow we've got it in our, in our mind, our thought process, that if we don't accept that, then maybe it won't happen. And so we try to block it out. Or, or sometimes we think, if you know what, we don't, if we don't talk about it, if we ignore it, 
Maybe it will make it like it's, it's not true. Listen, the reality of death is you will die. I will die. Lately, there is a preponderance of statistics. And it seems like every time you turn on the news, every time you, you pick up your phone, there's a, another press conference, there's another uh, issuing of statements and of statistics, and we have all of these statistics. Well, let me give you a statistic this morning. The death rate is 100%. The death rate is 100%. It's 100%. I preach funerals. And sometimes when I get to the funeral, I'll walk around the cemetery before the service. Sometimes after the service, I'll walk there around the, the gravesite there at the cemetery. And as I look at headstones, I can see there are 90-year-olds that have passed away. And there are 70-year-olds that have passed away. And over there, there are some 50-year-olds that have passed away. And as you're looking at the dates, there are some, some young folks that have passed away. There are some teenagers that, that passed away. And there are some babies that passed away, and you see those headstones as you're walking around. There are some grandparents that have passed away, and oh, somebody's dear mama, their dad, their parents have passed away. There are kids that have passed away, and grave after grave after grave, it testifies to the reality of death. You will die. A baby's born. And we expect it. We know it's coming and we, we send out cards and we send out invitations and we say there's a, a birth announcement and the baby's born and we go to the hospital and we celebrate the, the baby was born but then we all go to the funeral home and we stand there and our heads hang down and we say, I don't know how this has happened. I didn't expect that this would happen. How did this ever would happen? Listen, the death rate is 100%. The reality of death is this. You will die. You will die. Do you understand the reality of death? You will die. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed for man once to die. Listen, do you understand? Be sure and hear me today. The reality of death is you will surely die. You will die. As Paul writes this, He's very aware of that truth. As Paul writes this, he is very keen on that understanding. The reality of death is we will die. Second question concerning death. Concerning death, second question, concerning death, do you have the promise of a believer? Do you have the promise of a believer? Now, I want you to be sure of this and hear me today. Death is not God's plan. It is not God's plan. He is the God of life. He is the creator of life. He is the sustainer of life. He is the author of life. It is not his plan. Death is not God's plan. But listen to me, but God has a plan for death. For people, God has made a provision for death. Now, the Bible tells us that death enters in because of sin. It wasn't part of God's plan, but because of sin, death enters in. But listen, God has made provision for people in death. 
And that is this. Listen very carefully. When a believer dies, because of their faith in Christ, because of eternal life given by their faith in the grace of God, because of the grace of God, because their sins have been forgiven, listen, the promise of a believer is they are instantly in the presence of Jesus. The promise of a believer is when you die, because of the forgiveness of your sin, because of faith in Christ, because of God's grace, that person is instantly in the presence of Jesus. Now, I want you to be very sure today, it is not up in the air at that point. It is not unsettled at that point. We don't have to go and do a bunch of things to try to change it. We don't have to do a bunch of good works or prayers to try to change it. It is not to be determined at a later date. A person that has trusted Jesus Christ, they are instantly in the presence of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. That is the promise of a believer. In that instant, they are in the presence of Jesus. That is the promise of a believer. Let me read you some verses. Second Corinthians chapter five, beginning in the first verse. I'm gonna read the first eight verses. Listen, this is what God's word says. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always, listen to this, of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Listen to that again. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. The testimony of those verses is we have a temporary tent, this fleshly body. And when we die, we take off the tent. We set aside the tent. And the Bible says to be absent from this body, to, to have left this body, is to be at home with the Lord. That's what the Bible says. We are at home with the Lord. Some more verses. John chapter 14, verses one through three, Jesus speaking says this, and do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go and prepare a place for you. That place he goes to prepare is on the cross. He goes to the cross to prepare our place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Where he is, there we shall be also. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says when the, when the Lord comes for the rapture, that those that have died in Christ, that they will come with him. Well, how do they come with him unless they are with him now? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then John chapter 11, listen to this, verse 25. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Four years ago, my dad was in the hospital in, in Wichita Falls. He'd been sick for some time. And it was getting close to his death. We were in the room and we were talking to him. And they decided the best thing to do would be to transfer him to hospice care. The folks came in and we talked to him and we signed the papers. And they said they would bring him to the hospital in Vernon. They'd transfer him to the hospital in Vernon. And they would get him here and then they'd start hospice care here. And that's, that's how this thing would end and progress now the doctors, they were finishing the paperwork, said he is strong and this process could take eight or nine days. So my brother and my sister and I, we were, we were gathered there and we prayed and they took him and they put him on the, the stretcher and they took him to load him in the ambulance. And we would drive and we would meet him in Vernon and we'd get him settled into his room there and that was going to be the plan. We drove, we got to the hospital here in Vernon we came in, and it seemed a little bit strange when we came in. Everybody was talking in hushed tones, and we got there, and the hospice nurse said, we need to see you over here for a second. And we walked over there, and we assembled, and, and the nurse said, your dad didn't make it. He died on the way. Your dad didn't make it here. He died on the way. The driver of the ambulance said it was somewhere around electric. Friends, I want to tell you the promise of a believer is that by faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. And not because we're good or not because we've earned it, not because we did something to impress somebody, but because of God's grace alone, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross alone. When we close our eyes in death, in that instant we are in the presence of Jesus. And I want to tell you today, the promise of a believer is that day that my dad, he may not have made it here, friend, but I can tell you on the authority of the word of God he made it there and in the second when he died and drew his last breath on the ride here he met the savior that he loved he met the savior that died on the cross for his sin he met the Lord that he wanted to spend eternity with and he was in the presence of Jesus listen do you understand the reality of death is you will die but do you have the promise of a believer it is eternal life with Jesus do you have the promise of a believer? I want to tell you today, be sure that's offered to you today. Listen, that's available to you today. Don't just sit there and say, oh, that sounds so good. That sounds like something I'm interested in. Listen, friend, that is offered to you today. Trust Jesus today. He's the only way, the only hope you have. Trust Jesus today. Trust Jesus today.
That's the promise of a believer. Do you have the promise of a believer? Third question is this, final question. Do you have the hope of a believer? Now listen, it's different. It sounds, it sounds very similar, but it's different. Listen very carefully. Do you have the hope of a believer? Now stay with me. If you have trusted Jesus, you have the promise. Listen, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, you have the promise. But this is why we need a biblical perspective. Do you have the hope of a believer? Are you living in the hope of a believer? Do you walk in the hope of a believer? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians that we do grieve, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Listen, this is the crazy thing. Even in death, we have hope. Yes, in death, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have hope. And I want you to see in our verses today, it is because of this hope that Paul's able to make this tremendous statement. It's because of this hope that he makes this radical, this wild statement here in verse 21. Listen to this. Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ. We're gonna look at that next week, the biblical perspective on life. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. What a wild thing to say. What a, what a radical thing to say. To, to die is gain. For a believer, to die is gain. The word for gain, now, now stay with me, listen to this. It translates a positive, an addition, a benefit. And so to die is gain. It means to die, listen very carefully, is better than not dying. Now listen, that doesn't, that doesn't add up with what the world says. To die as a believer, this is what the verse says, it is better than not dying. Understand the actual words of Scripture for believers, it is not a negative to die, it is a positive for a believer, it is not a subtraction to die. Rather, it is an addition to die. For a believer, it is not bad to die. Rather, it is a benefit to die. And this is the hope that we have as believers. This is the perspective that we have as believers. To die is gain. Folks, listen to me. We need to exude that today. We need to proclaim that today. You see, the world's terrified of death. Have you figured that out? Have you watched the around today? The world is terrified of death. And the world comes along and says, death is the loss of everything that's good. And as you suffer through death, you've been robbed of everything good. The world says that death is the loss of a future and there's no hope after death. The future is gone after death, that we're robbed of a life in, in death. The world comes along and says that death is the crusher of hope. After that, it's so final, there is no hope. 
The world says that death is the thief of joy and you'll never find joy as your loved ones perish in death. And I want you to understand the biblical reality is, listen to me today, Jesus has defeated death. Jesus in his blood made a provision for death. Jesus in his resurrection, he is victorious over death. And so listen, how would we ever bring glory to God in death? That doesn't make any sense. How would we ever bring glory to Jesus in death? It is by standing to the face of death and it is shouting in death's faith, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? We need to let go of the world's perspective of death. Oh, believer, we need, to, we need to get rid of the world's perspective of death and we need to uphold God's perspective of death. To die is a positive. To die is a good thing for a believer. To die is gain. We sit there and we hear that and we think that's crazy. We hear that and we say, that's not logical. That doesn't make any sense. That is insane. Listen, not at all. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus bought for us. In Jesus, we have hope. We need to change our perspective of death as believers. I guess it bears saying, but let me go ahead and say it. We're not crazy. We're not suicidal. But I want you to understand today, if, if someday, if Jesus has not come back and you're sitting somewhere and I don't know where you're at, but you're sitting somewhere and somebody calls you or somebody texts you and the word comes through and they say, you know what? He died and you hear the word that I have died and maybe it was this virus. When you hear that I died, listen, Praise the Lord because this sinner knew Jesus. We need a biblical perspective concerning death. Listen, we have provision in the work of Jesus Christ. We have hope in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And for a believer to die is gain. Do you understand the reality of death? Do you hold the promise of a believer in death? Do you have the hope of a believer in death? And let me tell you, all of that comes to one great question, and that is this. Do you know the victor over death? I want to tell you the good news of the gospel is this. Jesus came for sinners. He loved the world. God loved the world so much he sent his only begotten son. He came for sinners. What was ruined in sin, he made right in his own righteous blood. Death, every death a testimony to sin. Now he comes and he sets it right by taking the punishment upon himself, dying our death forevermore. And he stands as the victor over death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Do you know Jesus? If you're listening today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you in this moment, in this very moment, to understand there's forgiveness in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. And as plain as saying, you know what, I'm tired of my sin and I'm tired of my mess. And I'm going to repent and turn away from that. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to trust Jesus as my Lord. I'm going to follow as my Lord, as my Savior, the victor over sin and death. The Bible says if you'll do that, if you'll profess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you will 
be saved. If you've never done that, listen, friends, settle that today. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this today and you've trusted Jesus. Well, I want to tell you this. The way we bring glory to Jesus is we don't carry around the world's perspective of death. Yes, it hurts and yes, it's hard, but we know to die is gain. And even in death, we praise our Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. During Father, we come. And I'm thankful for the provision made for a sinner such as I. Thankful for a remedy made, not because I could ever do it, not because I deserved it, but because of your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that that some hearing this today would trust you for the very first time. I, I pray that some hearing this today would find peace in you, maybe for the first time in a long time. And I pray that in all of it, whether in life or in death, that you're glorified. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We give it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.